Well, why don't we give the Lord a good hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you, and I, I think I know the answer to this, but how many of you just love the Lord with all of your heart? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm so grateful to the Father every day for the rains that He thinks enough of me to get me up every morning. He thinks enough about me just to put breath in my body. He thinks enough about me to say, hey, I've ordered your footsteps. You follow after me. Follow me. Trust in me. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. Thank you so much, worship team. Thank you so much. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn with the book of Haggai. Haggai in the Old Testament. It's right before Zechariah. It's not one of those books that we preach a lot out of, but we're going to be speaking from it today. I want to, uh, I want to start by simply saying this. Those of you that know where, if you see the t-shirts, we're in our second week, or actually third week of our Rise campaign. Uh, last week we spoke to you concerning renew and renewing, how God refreshes us and renews us. Even spoke to you Wednesday night concerning renew. Matter of fact, I gave you a little something at the end of the message last Wednesday night about the ABCs of renewing. Several of you have asked if to get a copy of that. I have made some copies of that in the front if you would like that. It's sort of a neat thing concerning Scripture. Go back and look at the Scripture, the ABCs of renewing. And this morning, we're going to start on I, concerning involve or involvement, however you want to put it, concerning our church. We're talking about our church rising to a new level this year. God taking us to another platform this year. But in order for God to take us to that other platform, you and I, we have to do our part. Amen? Why? Because we're the church. No, we're not pastor. This building is the church. No, it is a church, but it, it's not the church. You are the church. And so if we're going to get to the place where God wants us to be, we have to make a decision in our heart that we're going to rise to those, to those levels. All throughout when we started this uh, fall season concerning our small groups and connect groups. And if you hadn't got tied into one of those, this is our third week. You still have time to do that. You need to find one of these folks that's leaders and, 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 leaders and get involved in that. Having a great discussions. I'm hearing nothing but positive things concerning our, our small groups, uh, connect groups on Sundays and whenever you do yours. But, uh, but, but get connected with that if, if at all possible. But I want to start by simply saying I love... My church. I love my church. I love the people in my church. My prayer as pastors that you prosper, not only in health and wealth and your spirit, but we prosper with one another in our relationship with the Lord. I appreciate the volunteers, those that goes above and beyond in our church. Because without you, we couldn't do what happens here on a Sunday or, or even throughout the week. And so if you hear nothing else I say this morning, then I want you to know this beyond any imagination whatsoever that I appreciate you and all that you do for Pathway in the area of serving and being involved. I strongly believe in the local church. Well, Pastor, I watch those television ministries. That's all right. I watch some of them myself, but they ain't going to come preach my funeral. They won't even come and marry my kids. They'll ask for your money. Hello. 
But they ain't going to get involved locally where you are. Now, I love them. Don't get me wrong. And there's nothing wrong with you sending money to them. Don't, don't go out of here saying I said that. I'm just telling you I love the local church and, and what the local church means. I've been involved with local churches ever since I was born. Dad's been my pastor ever since I was born. And we've been involved in local church events. Everywhere Dad went to pastor, we always had to do something. Get rocks out of the yard, build a building, put walls up, doing something in the community. Always involved in the local church. This is one thing and several things actually that I know. The local church supports world missions. They support home missions. The local church prepares men and women for service. The local church attempts to meet local needs with inside the four walls or even in the community. There, there are many congregations that are heavily involved in meeting local needs. And there are some churches that provide food and clothing or furnishings and, and all kinds of things. Counseling services. Local churches, as we know, can't do it all, but they can do some things and they're involved in a lot of things. Matter of fact, if you would go to Franklin Graham today, after all, of the, after all of the devastation with the hurricanes, one of the things he'll tell you, we can do our part, but it's the local church that is the forefront of all of these things, all of these activities. That's who we funnel through. That's who we work through. Even in the church of God, with Operation Compassion, if they work through the local church. It's the local church that comes together. The local church attempts to reach the lost uh, uh, locally. The local church provides a haven of worship. It provides a place where members can come and, and worship the Lord. Members can come and praise the Lord and, and give honor to the, to the Lord. And I tell you this morning that the, that the church leaders can do all that they can in their positions with the Lord's help to simply make the local church strong and to be a blessing everywhere that it goes. That's why it gets on my nerves a little bit when somebody talks against the local church. I'm not saying you got to agree with everything going on in the local church, but you better not leave the church. The church is your only safe haven out there. Amen. You better not, you better not run and bash the local church because the Lord has listened to everything that you say. Now, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. It's sort of like our community sometimes. We want to we wanna say negative things about our community. Well, we make up the community, and so we got to do what we need to do. I know there's bad things, and I know there's all kinds of things that's going on in our community that shouldn't happen. But look, I don't need to bash it or I don't need to be negative against it. I need to pray for our community. I need to pray for our mayor. I need to pray for our county judge. I need to pray for our city council members. I need to pray for some of these guys. I need to lift them up instead of bashing them. And if you go home today, I'm about to get, I'm about to get happy now. If you go home today and sit around the kitchen table and you bash your preacher. <laughs> Boy, I felt the word of the Lord right then. Then shame on you. And if you go home and you bash anybody else in the church, then shame on you. Amen. We're brothers and sisters together, uniting together in the local church. It's the local church that reaches and teaches your young people. I didn't mean to go here right now, but I got to stop here long enough when I just said that. I got, I got, I got to tell you this. I told some of the group this morning, I had the privilege this past Thursday night to go on as several of you to Acts of Hope Banquet. It is a, it is a, uh, uh, a pre-pregnancy and pregnancy center for young girls that tries to help them. They go into the schools in this community. They do all kinds of things trying to help them to stay focused, to, to keep their mind straight. Do you understand the statistic I heard Thursday night that sort of still got me startled, Brother Rains? They said that 90%, this is not my message, so just slow down. Don't, go, don't get in a hurry. 90% 
of our young people today, boys and girls, 90% in our community today has an STD disease. Do you understand what I just said? 90%. Now, that's, that was unbelievable to me. Unbelievable to me. And the speaker that they had that night got up, and she was a wonderful speaker. Matter of fact, I'd love to get her here to speak to us. But she was a wonderful speaker. And she got up, and this is what she said. Most of the time when I get up and I get ready to introduce myself to the crowd, I open up, <clears throat> excuse me, I open up and I say, my name is so-and-so. I appreciate the opportunity to be in here with y'all, the invitation, and get to know you. But she said, I can't do that tonight. Did y'all hear what this lady said? 90% of our young people in this community, and I understood it was high, which simply tells me that 90% of our young people are sexually active. 91% of boys 8 years old, 63% of girls 8 years old are already watching some type of pornography. And this is what this lady said. You know how she said, you know how we as parents think it's real cute? that we'll make these kind of statements that we'll say, well, if, if you don't know how to take care of your computer and, and if you don't know how to upload or download stuff on your phone, just go to your five-year-old and six-year-old and they'll take care of it. How many's ever made that statement before? I have. Many of us have, if we're honest. And she said, we'll laugh about it and we'll do all this. And she said, and she said, it's time to quit laughing. We'll give our young people smartphones that can go all over the world at five and six and seven and eight years old. This little Baptist woman got me under conviction Thursday night. She preached me almost underneath the table Thursday night. And she says, we'll give them those smartphones and we'll put this in there and we'll give them all these kind of apps and we'll put them over in a corner somewhere to leave us alone. It is good preaching, thank you. And we wonder what's wrong with our generation. It's the local church that tries their best to teach and to reach out to our young people, amen. But you know what some parents have done in the past? God, I didn't mean to go here this morning. I've known some parents in the past, Brother Brown may have got a, a taste of this, but when I was working with youth years ago, I got a taste of this as well. You know what most parents do sometimes? If their kids get in trouble, they won't take the phone away. They'll keep them from going to youth service. Give me a break. It's not the youth service that's damaging your kids. It's not the youth pastor that's damaging your kids. It's what else you've got them involved in. The local church reaches our young people, teaches our young people. I didn't say the local church was perfect. We're not. We're not, but we're striving to be. The local church has Bible studies that enriches families. The local church has special events that invites the community to. The local church marries and buries family members as well as community folk. The local church provides counseling. The local church prays for the sick. Can I tell you the church is Jesus' bride? He's the one. We're the one that he's coming back after. We are the bride of Christ today, amen. We're the bride of Christ. Tony Campolo said this, you dare not decide that you don't need the church Christ's church is the bride, and his love for her makes him faithful to her even when she is not faithful to him. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. The church was God's idea. St. Cyprian said this, one cannot have God as his father who does not have the church as his mother. Pretty cool, isn't it? The church is a family. Look over at your neighbor and say, hey, family. <laughs> We're family together. It's a gathering of, of wonderful people. 
sometimes irritating people, sometimes diverse people, sometimes divine people of selected brothers and sisters and sons and daughters and mothers and fathers and grandmas and grandpas. It's a dysfunctional family at times. Pastor, you had me all stirred up till you got right there. But indeed, we are still family. I dare not any of us can say in our own personal family, we've got some dysfunctional times. We've got some dysfunctional, made some dysfunctional uh, decisions at times, but we're still family. What are you talking about, Pastor? Family stays together. When one member is weak, the others lift her up. When another is difficult, the others confront him. Where another is leading on a mission, the others join in and support and pray and cheer them on. Amen. Why? Because we're the church. It's a family. The, the church is a, is a diverse community, as we know. Simply by design, God chose the church to be as diverse as possible. We're builders and baby boomers and Gen, X, Xers, uh, Gen Xers and millennials, conservatives and progressives, educators and athletes, struggling doubters and committed believers, engineers and artists, introverts and extroverts, healers and addicts and CEOs and homemakers, affluent and bankrupt folk, single and married folk, happy and hurting folk, lonely and connected folk, stressed out and carefree folk, private and public school teachers, PhD people and people with special needs, experts and students, and saints and sinners all the well. We are the church. Hallelujah. We're the church. The church teaches us to love one another. Amen, Pastor. Well, you don't know what that person did. Sit on the other side of the building. I don't care. You better love them. (laughs) They hurt my feelings. I don't care. You got to love them. Can I say this out of love? Get over it. (laughs) There's something we just got to get over. The church needs us. They need you. They need me. We need one another. As a family, the church is also a body. Without you, the church is missing an eye or an ear or a hand. Without you, the church is not whole. Each of us is made in the image of Almighty God. And as we live in community with one another, we grow in the knowledge and the experience of God by simply being with others who bear the image, the same image of God. As we learn from one another, as we rub off on one another, we become better with one another. We become more whole with one another. We become more Christ-like with one another. We become ultimately better for the world and all these things that's all around us. If you this morning are dissatisfied or disillusioned with the local church, don't leave the local church. If the church stinks to you, then make it better because you are part of the problem. Pray for it. Bless it. Serve it. And love it. And love it to life. Amen. In this process, you and I will discover that it's not only the church that needs you, you need the church as well. Amen. We need the church as well. Now to my message. Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1. Look at verse number 1. Talking about being blessed by involvement. In the second year of King Darius, the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shatil, governor of Judah, to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, 
This people says the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Now, let me stop here long enough and say that's what they were doing. They were building the houses. Thus speaks the word of the Lord. The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. We're talking today in 2017 as well. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts. He said, because my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore the heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land, and the mountains, and on the grain, and on the new wine, and on the oil, and whatever the ground brings forth on men, and livestock, and on all the labor in your hands. Blessed by involvement. There are many of us today that, and I think you would agree with me, that, uh, that worry needlessly about everything. We worry about this, we worry about that. We worry about working, we worry about wrestling with things, blessings that we're not seemingly to receive from the Lord. If you'd be honest with yourself, and I don't want you to raise your hand, but probably many of you, You've had sleepless nights before because of worry, because of stress, because of things that you couldn't control. And Haggai's message to the people taught them how to pretty much get their priorities in order. He gave them a word from God that reversed the curse, so to speak, and motivated them to engage in the work of the Lord, to be involved, in other words. And like these folks that he was talking to, we, we too often place so much emphasis on our own concerns forgetting the work of the Lord. We do what we feel like needs to be done. We do what we feel like that is necessary. And sometimes, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with exactly what we're doing, but sometimes we place those higher then we do what God has called us to do. You understand what I'm saying? We've got to be careful with that. We, we sometimes put our own concerns, forgetting to put God's work and God's will and God's worship first. We live in a day and time, and I'm not, I'm not trying to get on to anybody, but we live in a day and time where we get up on Sunday morning, if it's the right kind of weather, if it's the right kind of sunshine outside, and if we got a boat, we'd go fishing rather than come to the house of God. Again, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with you fishing. But there's got to be a balance on some of these things. You understand what I'm saying? God's always got to be first. Your priority is God first. God's got to be first over your wife. God's got to be first over your husband. 
God's got to be first over your kids, mama. Hello? God's got to be first over your family. God's got to be first over the church. God's got to be first in all the good things and all the community activities that you're involved in. God's got to be first. And when God is pleased with our ways, then God promises to empower us. God promises to guide us. He promises to enable us to enjoy His blessing upon top of blessing upon top of blessing. When I follow the Word, Brother Ranks, when I seek the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness first, all these other things will be added unto me. There was a minister that was addressing a group of men and he took this large piece of paper. I don't know if you've got that picture. Uh, he got this large piece of paper and he gave it out to the ministers that he was speaking to and he had this dot on the sheet of paper. And he asked these ministers this question, what do you see on the sheet of paper? And I ask you, what do you see on the sheet of paper? A black dot, right. What else do you see on the sheet of paper? Do what? A white space? He asked this group of ministers, and they said, well, what are you talking about? We don't see nothing else. It's just empty. The, the blank piece of paper is empty. There's a white space there. All we see is a, is a, is a, black, is a black dot. And after they talked about it a little bit, he made this application. And he told these guys this. He said, look, he said that in life we are often distracted by the small dot-like disappointments. We're distracted by the painful experiences that we're prone to forget the many blessings we receive from the hand of the Lord. But how many knows all around that black dot is an empty space, is a white space for God to fill up and overshadow the black dot in the middle of that page, amen. But we're often distracted by the little dot in the page that we can't see all around the outside of it on the blessing upon blessing that God gives us each and every day. That's why we've got authority in the Lord Jesus his name. That's why we can get up in the morning and say, God, thank you for breath that you've put in my body. That's why I can get up and say, God, thank you for giving me for a good night's rest and get me up. That's why I can get up and say, God, thank you. I'm not in the hospital today. Thank you, God. I'm not in a jail cell today. Thank you, God, that my family's together. Thank you, God, that my children are in church. Thank you, God, that you give us health in our body and on and on and on and on we could go. But too often and too many times, we don't see the other stuff because we've got this one black dot that's plaguing us. So we got to get it. We got to get it wrong here. Rather than concentrating on the trials of life, we ought to be paying attention to the blessings of life. I promise you, I can say this with all truth whatsoever. Every one of you in this house, including myself, are blessed beyond measure. You're blessed beyond measure. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Ah, it's all right. But you're blessed beyond measure. Psalmist said this in 68, said, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. You know what that meant? At a quarter till seven this morning when I got up out to bed, God was loading me up with benefits. Woo! This morning when I got ready for church, he was continually loading me up with benefits. When I got to the house of God, somebody brought me, Brother J.C., I think it was, brought me a cooler of okra loading up with benefits. You say, benefits can come all kinds of ways. Yeah, it can. 
God was loading me up with benefits. Not only just me, but he's loading you up too. Since you got up this morning, God has been loading you up who daily loadeth us up with benefits. Amen. Let me give you some things here to consider. Sometimes blessings are missed because we fail to remember his will. Sometimes we miss the blessing because we fail to remember his word. Sometimes we miss the blessings because we fail to remember his ways. And Haggai, he, he urged the people in Jerusalem that the work of God was being neglected. It was being overlooked and, and considered as a, as a low priority than their own concerns. And he said this in verse 7. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Consider your ways. Consider how things are going for you. You hope to reach harvest, but they were poor. That's why the heavens is withheld the dew and the earth has withheld its crops. I've called for a drought to starve both you and your cattle and to ruin everything you've worked so hard to get. Listen to me, folks. If you ain't, if you ain't got this by now, you ain't never had it so bad until God starts working against you. Man, I don't want that to happen. Uh-uh. I don't, I don't need God to work against me. I got the devil doing that already. I got other folk doing that already. I need God on my side. How about you? I don't need him withholding the dew. I don't need him withholding those blessings. But can I tell you that God has the ability to withhold his blessings to those that are disobedient. Amen. Fear the Lord, you his saints. Psalm says, for those who fear him, there is no want. The young lions lack and the suffer hunger and the suffer hunger. But they who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Amen. They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord and not impatient, it's then that God will renew your strength. He can renew your strength. So sometimes God's blessings are being withheld because we simply forget. The other thing I found out is sometimes we miss the blessing of God because of procrastination. We just procrastinate. We don't, we don't, take, we don't take care of it. We don't go ahead and do what God has called us to do. You look here, the people begin building this temple in 23 days after they arrive back from being in exile. Forgetting to act is, is a recipe for disaster of God's plans. James says in James 1 and 22, he says, Be doers of the word and not, mere, not merely hearers who deceive themselves. Be doers of the word and not just hearers only. When you hear a message from God, you've got to put that message into action. Ask God what he wants you to do. When you, when you read or you hear his word, make plans to put it into practice immediately. My prayer and many of your prayers are like this. God, help me to hear your word. Help me to do your word. Help me to be sensitive to your word, to be obedient to your word. God's blessings doesn't come sometimes because we fail to act upon what God says to do. We fail to act. And we miss the blessing of Almighty God. Here's another thing I found out with us folk. Sometimes we miss the blessings of God because we choose to wallow in our disappointments. Now, I, gotta, I want to be real sensitive here because I'm not saying that, that what you're going through is not important. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm not saying that what you're dealing with is not heavy. Sometimes it is. It's tough. It's tough. But if we're not careful, we'll have a sense of wallowing in our disappointments. We'll wallow in our discouragements. And Haggai, he helped the people overcome their inability to, to move forward with a strong, authoritative word from the Lord. He overcame excuses. 
that were given about building the temple as there had been a delay for some 16 years, according to the word. And if we're not careful, we'll put off doing what God tells us to do because we can't do that because of this reason and that reason. We'll wallow in our disappointments, all these things that the enemy wants to bring. We, we've never had it so bad. I've been in testimony services before. Some of you grew up like this, where we'd have those testimony services and a sister or a brother would stand up and talk about how bad they had it that past week. That ain't no testimony. You're wallowing in your disappointment. You're wallowing with your testimony. You're wallowing around with the enemy. It's time for the men and women of God to get up out of the pig pen and understand they've got something at the Father's house. It's time for us to get up, quit wallowing in those disappointments, and say, God, you may be trying to teach me something while I'm walking through this thing. You're trying to mature me as I walk through this thing. You're trying to show me something as I walk through this, but God, give me the strength to put one foot in front of the other. Give me the obedience to wake up just one more day. Give me the touch of your life, God, so I can say, hey, if God slay me, I'm still going to trust him. Amen. And I promise you through that, God will bless you. God's blessings sometimes are missed because we don't gain a supernatural perspective of who God really is. Let me ask you a question. I don't, I don't, I want, I don't want you to be so quick to answer because I know this question I'm fixing to ask you, you're going to be real quick to answer. But I want you to think about it just a little bit. Do we really believe God is who he says he is? as the King of kings, as the Lord of lords, as the author of salvation, our soon coming. Do we believe it? Do we believe it as God's people? Because if we've got a proper perspective, Haggai gave these people a, a proper perspective on, on what was happening to them. They were fussing economically. They were fussing politically. They were fussing agriculturally. We look across our nation today, and we got some of the same things going on. We're fussing with one another politically. We're fussing with one another economically. Somebody's got a plan over here. We're going to have a tax plan over here. I don't like that tax plan. Sometimes I want to stand up with the congressmen and the Republicans and the Democrats and all that, and I want to stand up in that house and I want to say this. It ain't about you. You were elected for the people. You're supposed to be there to govern the people, not what you feel. Amen. Good preaching there. But that's where we are today. You don't got that plan. You need to take my plan. I don't like your plan. Let's take that one's plan. I don't like his plan. Let's do that plan. And you know as well as I know, they ain't going to pass any plan. That's where we are today. But Haggai had to give these people a divine perspective on what was going on with them. Listen to me, church. When people are able to see their circumstances from the eyes of God, they are more apt to reverse the course of action that they're choosing to take. Amen. Why? Because I'm not looking through my eyes. I'm looking through his eyes. Looking through his eyes. People begin to fear God more than anything else when you start to obey God. But say that again, Pastor. Because don't you preach against fear sometimes? Uh, hear, hear what I said. People begin to fear God more when you begin to listen to God and follow his word. I'm not talking about a fear in a, in a, in a, in a fearful, like so you're going to get hurt kind of way, in a reverence, in a awe. God, you got this. You got this. The psalmist tells us this. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his counsel or his commands. 
He will not fear when the evil day comes because his heart is steadfast. Trusting in the Lord. I have never seen the righteous go hungry or his seed begging bread. And we have got to learn to use the word of God to head off those excuses. We've got to learn to use the word of God to head off all the discouragements and the detours that people may throw in our face. And you know as well as I know it happens every day. Somebody will try to discourage you. Somebody will always throw the negative. Somebody will always try to give that, you know, that underlying statement. Why can't we just be positive with one another? Why can't we just be open with one another? Let me hurry here. God's blessings sometimes are missed when we think the size of the work is too much. Pastor, I can't do it. It's too much. We can't do it. He fired up the people. He told them, he said, I don't want you to wax. I don't want you to wane in your enthusiasm. I want you to be strong because God has promised us strength. God has promised us provision. God has enabled us and they trusted him and they obeyed the will of God. He did not complicate those answers with some, with some uh, complicated uh, answer from a question that they have. He simply gave a simple, simple solution. Listen to me. Many times it is a lot better for you and I to just simply give God's wisdom instead of some kind of uh, intellectual statement somewhere to make you look better. Again, it ain't all about you. It's about God. It's about God and what He wants for our lives. Amen. He's already promised to take care of us along the way. Amen. He's already promised that He's going to give us strength as we need it to help others along the way. That's why we have to be involved in the work of God. We must be involved. We have to rise above that level. Amen. Sometimes we miss the blessings of God because we lack. Patience. Everybody say patience. How many of you have ever had trouble with patience before? <laughs> the writer of Hebrews said this. He said, you have need of patience so that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You know what that tells me? I, I couldn't see the promise because I was, didn't have patience. The Lord said, you, got, you, you need patience today. You need patience today. Now, I'm one of these guys that I, I struggle with that a little bit myself. If I tell you a time that I'm going to be there or you tell me a time that's going to be there, I'm going to be there at that time for the most part. Now, I may have missed it a few times. But I'm going to be there at that time. Make sure that you're there as well because 30 seconds after the time shows up, I'm thinking, what, what's up with this? Seriously. You know, you're supposed to be here. You know, we deal with all of that. You have, you have need of patience so that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Haggai taught the people that in order to see the full blessings of God, they needed to not immediately look for the blessing. But he said, you need to wait upon the Lord and he would eventually come through. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. That's why I told you before, I don't care if you've been prayed for 150 plus times, you keep on being prayed for. You keep on asking. The doors will be open unto you according to Matthew. Persistence and faithfulness in prayer. Persistence in devotion. Persistence in obedience. It'll always yield God's blessing upon your life every time. You've heard this many, many times, but let me say it one more time. God is never early, <laughs> but he's never late. He's never late. Hebrews 10 and 35 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. 
for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. He says, for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. If you will come to the musicians, or come to the instruments, uh, Sister Michelle. Last thing, a couple last things, and I'll give you and we'll close. God's blessing is awful and often missed, and we're guilty of this, big time, church. God's blessing is often missed because we look to other means other than God to provide for us. We look to other means other than God to protect us. We look to other means other than God for the progress in our life. That guy, he, got, he, he gets a special word from God, and he, he assures this people that, that he would provide protection and progress and against their enemies as long as they sought his kingdom and his righteousness, according to Matthew 6. And the people, the Bible said, began to worry that they needed to put aside the building of the temple to attend to these other things, but God cautioned them against getting sidetracked. Now, I want you to notice something. I don't believe that God had a problem with them working on their homes or working on their individual things, but his problem was their priority. They were neglecting the temple. If you know anything about biblical times and biblical days back then, the temple was the center of worship. It was a place where God was. If you wanted to meet God, that's where you go. Away from there, God wasn't. This is, this is the center of worship. And their attention was on this, this temple, but they put it aside. In other words, what they were saying is, we don't need God. We don't need the temple. It's almost like us sometimes, and again, let me, let me, be, let me be careful here. It's almost like us sometimes saying that, I don't need the church. I can do this thing by myself. I don't need to be preached to or sung to. I don't need encouragement. I'm a pretty good encourager myself. I don't need to join hands and lock arms with fellow believers around me. I Too many hypocrites in the church as it is. Don't need it. I'm just going to go to a mountain somewhere and me and God got our own thing going on. You remember that song years ago? Me and Jesus got our own thing going. Some of y'all know it by word. <laughs> me and Jesus has got it all worked out. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You may be able to handle that for a little while, but there'll come a time where you'll need one another. There'll come a time where you'll need each other. We need one another. Last thing is this. People miss out on God's blessing when they think the work is too small. It doesn't matter, Pastor. Somebody else can do that. I'm going to tell you what. There's no work of God too small when it's done in His will. There is no work that's too small when it's done in His timing. As simple as a phone call. As simple as a letter being written. As simple as a card being sent. As simple as you just coming up and patting somebody on the back and say, hey, just want to let you know I've been thinking about you this week. I've been praying for you. Now don't get mad at me for what I'm fixing to say. But sometimes and many times, whether we like to admit it or not, we don't take the time of day to think of nobody else. 
Many times we don't take the time to say, I wonder who I can bless this week or today. Who I could just give and encourage. We're worried about our own affairs. We're worried about our own agendas. We're worried about if, if I've got my program doing what it needs to do. We're worried about the things I've got in my life. There's no work of God that's too small when it's done in His timing. And we've got to rely in these days on God's power. We've got to rely on the people of God, the priorities, as evidence that we're walking in the presence of God Almighty. We have got to rise in this year by being involved in ministry. So many of us, and again, I'm not meaning to get on to anybody, but we have taken our relationship with God for granted. And we think that serving is getting up on a Sunday morning and getting dressed and coming to the house of God. Now, we could debate that, but that's not serving. That's not serving. You ought to be able to do that anyway, right? That ought to be just one of those things that we do. But I believe that God was have, will have us to serve through all kinds of ways. There's two ways I want to close with today that you could be involved. And this, was, this is part of our program. There's, there's several things that's going to be, that we'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks. Community things. I'm talking about when I first started this on, on Rise a few weeks ago, you remember me saying, we want to get outside these four walls. These four walls are wonderful. We do some great things here, but we're going to get outside these four walls and do some things in community. Some of our connect groups talks about a, little, a, a, a few of those things. But these two things that you see on this communion table, one of them is the Honduras Christmas boxes that we've been involved with before. November the 6th, I believe, Sister Carol said we're supposed to have these boxes back in. If you want to be involved where you can't get paid back, don't you like it when you can bless somebody they can't pay you back? No, brother, no, Pastor, I want to get paid back. Well, you, got, you got the wrong attitude. You got the wrong attitude. If you'd like to be a part of this, there's a sheet up here, just like this right here, that talks about, I'm not saying you've got to get everything on the sheet. I've taken a shoebox, sort of like this size right here, for children over in Honduras that has no mama, some of them, and don't have no daddy. We're helping build an orphanage over there. Every month we send funds, we send funds. Every year we send funds. Many of us go over there and see the progress and talk to the children. I love it when we get to go and we, those little kids will come and wrap their arms around you because they just want somebody to love them. Sometimes they're dirty, stinky. Sometimes they won't leave you alone. They're there constantly. But I can't remember a time where we've took some of our folks and when we leave those kids that we wanted them to leave us alone, we'd be tears in our eyes and wondering how they're going to make it when we leave. You can get involved in this and pick that up. The other thing is, is with the Acts of Hope, these bottles, we've done this before in the past, but it's been some time. You can grab one of these bottles and all your spare change you can put in these bottles. We can turn that back in to Sister Stacy. Different ones over the Acts of Hope. This funds will go in their, in their counseling center, their pregnancy center, information resources. They're going into the schools. They're talking to these young girls. They're, they're spending time dealing with that. And listen to me. If, if, if that stat is true, if that, if that 90% in our community, I'm talking about our community, this, this Mississippi County area, if that stat is true, then we're not doing something right. 
Let me, let me stop here. My time is about up, but I, I, I... Listen to me, young people. Listen to me. I don't care what 90% of the folks is doing. You better do what God tells you to do. Listen to me, young ladies. I don't care what that little fella comes and all these little fancy words he uses on you to get you in the car all by yourself or to get you in the house by yourself. You don't, you don't win the prime time that boys and girls will hook up at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You know why? School's out and mom and daddy ain't home. They're working. Mom and daddy, if you ain't, if you ain't got some kind of protection over your children's phone... Shame on you. You need to find some protection. Pastor, I, I don't want my kids mad at me. Well, you want them to go to hell? I know this is hard, but I want to tell you, you're the priest of your home, Daddy. And if you ain't living right, why do you expect that young man to live right? Mama, if you ain't living right, if you're not doing what you're supposed to, why are you expecting your young daughter to do right? They're just following your example. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about being blessed by involvement. We've got to be involved in our children. We're living in the last days. We're living in the last days. We're living in the last days. Jesus is coming. And listen to me, young people. Don't be deceived. I don't care if anybody else is having, is having sex or not. You don't need to have sex. You need to save yourself until marriage. Amen. Let me, let me say this a little louder. We need to save yourself until marriage. That's what God has put forth in His Word. I know we live in the 21st century. Everybody's doing it, Pastor. Even church adult folk. You better stop it. Lord's going to be coming. He's going to catch you unaware. As a thief in the night, he comes. You better make sure you're living right. Don't you worry about pressure, peer pressure. That'd be all right. You save yourself. Save yourself. We've not talked about kind of stuff like this enough in the church, in my opinion. But we've lost many of our young people today. Thank God that many of them has returned home. Thank God for that. Thank God that there's restoration and there's salvation. And we can be restored. Amen. Thank God for the mercy and the grace of Almighty God. Amen. But you can get involved. This will be a help, a huge help if you'd like to. You can take these bottles, as many of them as you want. And at the end of this program, we've got two more weeks. We've got the S and the E, two more weeks. And then we'll collect them. You can bring them back at the, at the end of the second week. Would you stand with me today? Let's have everybody's head bowed and eyes closed real quick. As they're playing softly, I just want to ask you a question today. How's your relationship with Jesus? Mom, Dad, how's your relationship with Jesus? Young man, young lady, how's your relationship with Jesus? Some of us, we've played around with this thing called Christianity too long. We've played around with it, and it's time to get serious. It's time to get serious. We've, we, we've done just like this lady 
This past Thursday night, we've laughed at a lot of things, and we've made joke at a lot of things, and it's time to quit laughing. It's time to be serious in our relationship with the Lord and what we do with our families. It's time to be serious. Hey, Dad, is all of your ark safe today? Ark meaning your family, your wife, your children? Are they safe spiritually? Or are there some things that's going on that maybe you need to help out with to rise up from where you are to be that dad that you need to be? Hey, Mom, is everything okay? If it's not, this is your time. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you'd be honest with me, if you'd be honest with the Lord and say, Pastor, there's some things I need to change in my life. Will you just lift up your hand? Put it right back down. I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. There's some things I've got going on that I've got to change. I've got to get my priorities in the right perspective. Would you just lift up that hand and put it right back down? Acknowledge that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Would you all do me a favor today? Would you grab a hold of the hand of the person that you're standing beside real quick? Hallelujah. Father, you're a good God. You're a good God. Lord, you see every hand that was lifted today. You see every hand that was lifted today. And Lord, I believe with all of my heart, all over this house, there were several that went up saying, Lord, they recognize the fact that they need a touch in their life. They recognize the fact that they need to change some things. They recognize the fact that they've got to get some priorities straight. They recognize the fact, God, they've got to change some things. God, help us to do that today, I pray. Help us to do that. Help us to do that, Jesus. Lord, we put our life in your hands. We sell out to you today. Forgive us of our shortcomings. Forgive us of those things we've done in the past. Lord, there's a lot of things we can't undo. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be judgmental this morning. God, that's not what you called me to do. You're the judge. I'm not the judge. But God, I want to thank you for taking us from where we are today, putting us upon a rock today, leading us in the path that we need to go today. Now help us to change our perspective. Help us to change our focus. Help us to change who we are as an individual and put us, Lord, on the path to following after you. And we'll give you thanks and we'll give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen.